The following program is brought to you by the Humble Farmer Bed and Breakfast in St. George, Maine. Thank you for listening. Your buddy Humble here. You know me. I'm not one to panic over nothing. I'm, I'm no chicken little. But when Lester Holt came on television and told us about the heat wave that sweep in the country, well, I, I, I sat up and I listened hard. Fires. Old people dying because their air conditioning broke down and no one checked on them. Crops drying up and withering away. Well, you better believe I'm staying inside today. I'm drinking plenty of water and I'm going to take it easy because sure enough, when I checked the weather report for today, in St. George, Maine, it's supposed to get up to 72 degrees in the shade. Hi there, this is Clark Terry here, reminding you to pull your bearskins a little closer to the fire. That's it. <laughs> now you're talking to hey. Ah, watch out for those snapping sparks. Everybody cozy? Now the good news is that you're in time for the humble farmer. You've worked hard all day. You deserve to relax now. So stay right there and listen to the best of this kind of music.
Mongo. Thank you for listening to The Humble Farmer. You've heard me say that my wife, Marcia, the almost perfect woman, and I have a symbiotic relationship, which is, of course, the secret to a happy marriage. You know this. I'm always cold. My wife, Marcia, is always hot. When I put an ice-cold hand down the back of her shirt onto her sweaty back, I say, oh, that feels good. And she says, ah, that feels good. Perhaps you and your spouse sneak about the house, surreptitiously turning the thermostat up and down to, you know, to suit your own personal needs, or opening and closing windows when the other isn't looking. This does not happen in our home because... When the temperature drops down inside of our house, when it gets right down to 74, 75 degrees, I always put on extra woolly pants and a sweater.
hole there. Connectivity on the bottom. It's right there. Low voice. Zudi and Oscar Peterson, of course, here on the Humble Farmer. Thank you so much for listening. Even, even I have heard of the book called Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. We are told that this book is a practical guide for improving communication and getting what you want in your relationships. Oh, my wife, Marsha, the almost perfect woman, and I are living proof that two people can live together and get everything that we want without waging war. Because women are the weaker sex, it is up to the man of the house to create and nurture this peaceful environment. Now, one day, for example, before Marsha came home, I went outside and coiled up the water hose and put it on the well curb, and I coiled up the driveway bell hose and put that on the doorstep. I took out her lawnmower and filled it with gas and had it standing at the ready by the door. And when my wife came home from work at four o'clock, she didn't even come in the house for her earplugs. She had a grateful smile on her face, and she had that lawnmower going when I went out there and begged her to stop long enough to protect her ears. Now, any man, you can see this, any man willing to follow my example can live in a happy home, free from unkind words and strife. Are you listening, men? All you have to do is never find fault with anything she does, agree with her no matter what she says, and get used to not being able to do anything right. Let me ask you, why engage in this senseless battle of the sexes when it's so much easier to sign an unconditional surrender?
Django. I like that trumpet player. So kept doing the little Bix runs there. Do 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 do. Long time. Oh, it's time to remind you. It's time to thank you for listening to the humble farmer here on your favorite radio station. You know, with any luck at all, you can hear me playing old-fashioned music just for you every week at this time, right here. I am thehumblefarmer at gmail.com. Love to hear from you. And here is a notice from longtime radio friend Harris Contos, who sent me this news item. It says, Vassalboro, Maine. Vassalboro, Maine. Vassalboro's Planning Board has approved an application for a coffee shop with topless waitresses, despite opposition of most residents who showed up. More than 50 residents showed up for Tuesday night's meeting, and most of them voiced disapproval of the idea. Ellsworth businessman Donald Crabtree plans to open the topless cafe within 30 days at the site of the Farmer Grand View Motel on Busy Route 3. Planners said the central Maine town has no ordinance to regulate businesses' uniforms or lack of them. They say the proposal met the town's ten performance standards, which are mostly related to safety, parking, traffic, and signs. That's it. Of course, I immediately replied to this news item from Harris. My obvious question to him was the same question that's in your mind right now. Would their health insurance pay for any colds caught during working hours? Harris believes that any waitress submitting such a claim would get a farm letter back from the company saying that she wasn't covered.
Ghana. Ghana. If you were a seagull in the town of St. George, Maine, you'd uh, probably think back wistfully to the good old days when we had an open dump. Back in the good old days, sports, who'd go down to the dump to shoot rats, sports would see dozens of happy, happy seagulls hopping around eating garbage, old lobster shells and stuff, and my father called our dump a bird sanctuary. Because nowadays the town of St. George has what you would have to consider a state-of-the-art dump where even a cockroach or a housefly would starve to death. Everything is recycled. There are, it's wonderful. There are two different wood piles, one for trees and limbs and one for lumber. There's a metal pile. There's there are big boxes for glass and tin cans and two boxes for different kinds of paper. There are boxes for half a dozen different kinds of plastic bottles. When you drive into our dump, the first thing you see on the right is, is, is the stowa, or whatever they want to call it. I don't know. It's, a, it's the dump store. And, and right there you can buy for just pennies all kinds of good things that people have thrown away. They bring them down rather than throw them in the trash there. They put them at the dump store. You can back your truck up to the wood pile. You can take home firewood. Or you can back up to the other wood pile and take home boards. Or you can back up to the metal pile and take home lawnmowers that you can rebuild or, or bicycles. Now, you should understand that some towns do not allow people to come in and haul off anything they want for free. But think about this. The people running the town of St. George are smart. My neighbors are smart. Think about this. Every time I haul a good pine board or a kid's bicycle home from the dump, I'm saving the town money in disposal fees. When you see me leaving our dump with more than I brought down, you realize that St. George, Maine epitomizes the social experience they call recycling. The only losers are the rats and the seagulls.
Django. My present topic is wishy-washy people. I think I think that's what I want to talk about. Yes, yes. I think I want to talk about wishy-washy people. You know the kind of person I'm talking about. I'm talking about the people who can't make up their minds. Not a day goes by, but what one of your wishy-washy friends stops by in need of something. They probably think that by being satisfied with anything and everything, their friends will think they are easy to get along with. But, you know, wishy-washy people make me scream and holler and wave my arms. Think about this. Now, one, one night my friend Alden came in here and asked if he could borrow a rat trap. I said, Do you want a new rat trap or do you want an old rat trap? He said, I don't care. And of course, answers like that drive me crazy because then I have to either press a friend to the mat in hopes of extracting a definitive answer, or I have to make I have to make the decision myself. Think about this: if I give him a new rat trap, will Alden say that he doesn't really want to take my only new rat trap, and well, that an old used rat trap will do just as well? And if I give him an old cherished family heirloom type of rat trap. Will he think I don't value him enough to give him a shiny new rat trap? You run into this kind of thing every day. Someone who can never tell you exactly what it is they want. Ask them if they'd like a cup of tea or a cup of coffee, and they'll say yes. And then there was Thelonious Monk. You remember that story about Thelonious Monk? He's rehearsing one of his original pieces with a small group, and the, and the sax player looks up and says, uh, "Hey, is is that third night? Is that third? Is that third note in the second bar of the chorus a B or a B flat?" And Monk said, "Yeah, one of those." Thank you. 
Stitt. I can't believe when every time I listen to Stitt, I I think of the time I interviewed Stitt. I didn't know nothing. How did I? How could I be presumptuous enough to walk up to Stitt with a microphone and ask him questions? It's out in the barn somewhere. I gotta dig it out someday. I I suppose I'd be ashamed to play it if I ever could find it. I I said something foolish like. Like I understand that that you play along the the lines of of bird, and I do remember what he said. He said, "My name is Stitt." It doesn't take much to make me laugh, even if I haven't had a cup of coffee. One morning I laughed when I deleted some of the emails in my junk email box, and one said, "Looking for a fling." What is a fling nowadays? What is, what, what, what is this fling thing? If I had been pressed to define a fling, I would have said that a fling is running off to some nearby town for two or three days. But, but not until I looked it up there, and that was called to my attention, did I ever wonder if yesterday's fling is called a flang or a flung. Now, for the purpose of telling you about this, I googled looking for a fling for a current definition. And according to Google, this affliction known as lonely wives looking for a fling, well, it's now pandemic. I heard an angel say, wake up, wake up, your wonderful dreams come true. A newborn feeling had me reeling, I said to myself, where am I? It's all so hazy, may sound crazy, there wasn't a star in the sky. Still I saw stars, I heard a birdie sing, so sweet, so sweet, the moment I fell for you.
Jungle here on the Humble Farmer. Where with any luck at all, you can hear me playing old-fashioned music just for you every week at this time. Thank you for listening. I am the Humble Farmer at gmail.com. Love to hear from you. Tell me what you're doing right this minute. Oh, what you can learn when you listen to the radio. Do you listen to the radio? Ever do it? Try it sometime. Of course, it has to be an informative kind of radio if you're going to learn anything. And I've been getting my radio off a place called PRX, Public Radio Exchange, on the Internet. And one week I learned that Hawaii has about the highest electric bills of any state. Straight up there with New York, Vermont, Maine. But on this radio program, I heard that the University of Hawaii is going broke trying to run their air conditioners. Now, how about that? Haven't you always heard that the temperature in Hawaii is perfect? Oh, it's never hot, it's never cold. And now we hear on the radio they can't afford to run their air conditioners. And wouldn't you have to say that this punches a hole in that bit of folklore? And here's another bit of folklore which approaches an outright lie. It is calling Florida the Sunshine State. And if you've never heard of Ibsen or his play called An Enemy of the People, I suggest you Google An Enemy of the People right now and become familiar with it. Because there are days when they shut down highways in Florida, the Sunshine State, because you can't see the road through the smoke from the wildfires. Even worse are the controlled fires caused by burning the cane fields and the burning forests that being swept away by endless housing developments. On an average day, you might not see that smoke or even be aware of it, but the soot builds up on your car, builds up in your lungs, builds up on your computer. Some days the air in Florida is so so bad there, in parts of, of Florida, that you can't get enough air in your in your lungs, you know, to even ride your bicycle. You find that your lungs make a little whistling sound when you breathe. Now, you can understand that people who live in many parts of Florida, they, well, they just take this constant smoking, burning ice for granted. And if you mention smoke to them, they'll give you a funny look and say, Oh, what smoke? And there'll be cinders dropping on the ground right beside you, you know. Don't expect, here's the point of this, you know I always have a point, I try to have a point, don't expect to see anything about Florida's rotten air quality on Florida television or in Florida newspapers. It would be bad for the tourist business. Yes, and please do look up Ibsen's play. Remember the name of it? An Enemy of the People. Real soon, your luggage is checked through. We've got inflation licked. I'll get right back to you. It's just a standard form. Tomorrow without fail. Pleased to meet you. Thanks a lot. Your check is in the mail. Marooned, marooned, marooned in a blizzard of lies. Marooned, marooned, marooned in a blizzard of lies. Toes 
and you're in it up to your thighs. It looks like snow, but you never know when you maroon in a blizzard of lies. shrink or peel your secret's safe with me this is a real good deal it's finger licking good strictly by the book what's fair is fair i'll be right there i am not a crook maroon 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 in a blizzard of lies maroon 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 in a blizzard of lies Watch your step when your old dog Shep can't even look you in the eyes. You're cold and lost and you're double-crossed when you're marooned in a blizzard of lies. We'll send someone right out. Now this won't hurt a bit. He's in a meeting now. The coat's a perfect fit Strictly fresh today Serve us with a smile I love you darling Till I die We'll keep your name on file Maroon, maroon, maroon In a blizzard of lies Maroon, maroon, maroon In a blizzard of lies Walk on, walk on with hope in your heart And you're in for a big surprise When you're marooned Marooned Marooned, marooned, marooned In a blizzard of lies A blizzard of lies Hmm, Dave Frischberg, of course. It looks like snow, but you never know. <laughs> On the morning of a big convention in Cleveland, I, I looked at my television set. I saw hundreds of people jostling each other elbow to elbow in this narrow space between the state police and the National Guard. And I, I couldn't help but think... What a great day it was in Cleveland for pickpockets.
Django. We'll get time for some zooty here. If you visit enough stores in Camden, Maine, you will, well, you might see a book named Why Gay Guys Are a Girl's Best Friend. Now, how could you argue with that? Anybody who thinks about it at all knows that gay guys are everybody's best friend. Ever see one run up your taxes by sending eight kids to your school's remedial reading program? Ever have one break your heart by marrying your high school sweetheart or running off with your wife? Seeing that book brought to mind a poem I wrote years ago when I was a young single man, and I think it summarizes the situation. Oh, what a great world this would be if all the guys were gay but me. I walked in, I sat down, I took my customary look around. I saw a fine young thing heading straight my way Before I could think of something slick to say She smiled and sat down and said, yes you may She was slapping her cakes on me, my friend Slapping her cakes on me She was slapping her cakes on me, my friend As any fool could plainly see She was full of feminine expertise She was on her toes and I was on my knees She was slapping her cakes on me, my friend Slapping her cakes on me I was mute, I was mum I was trying not to look too dumb I said, I certainly hope you won't misconstrue Perhaps we could have a little drink or two I said, what's your pleasure? She said, guys like you She was slapping her cakes on me, my friend Was slapping her cakes on me She was slapping the cakes on me, my friend As any fool could plainly see She grabbed my leg and gave a friendly squeeze I said, hello, sweetheart She said, no names, please She was slapping the cakes on me, my friend Slapping the cakes on me We walked out hand in hand Exactly as the lady planned Then I moved in with my smoothest line I said, look here, woman I said, what's your sign? She said, later for that Your place or mine She was slapping her cakes on me, my friend Slapping her cakes on me Slapping her cakes on me, my friend As any fool could plainly see She was a ruthless master of cool intrigue was over my head, I was out of my league. She was slapping the cakes on me, my friend. Slapping the cakes on me. Slapping the cakes on me, my friend. Slapping the cakes on me. Now to tell you the truth.
truth, that's exactly what happened. Just the other night when this lady started slapping a cake sign me. Slapping a cake sign me. Listening there, did he raise the third? <laughs> Sounded like it. My word, that was a surprise because I thought I was going to play Zudi doing something else. And let me see if I can get this queued up here and push the. I don't like to have you believe this, but sometimes I push the wrong button. I, I'm one of the people that confess to you what I'm doing here. Is there really any point in being a rich, handsome, and famous man? Is it worth the bother to be rich, famous, and handsome? If you're not rich, famous, or handsome, you don't need to feel that you've missed out on something. A friend of mine in Camden, Maine, who has devoted most of his adult life to reading Hollywood movie magazines, this friend tells me that the only advantage in being a rich man is that it enables you to find a very attractive woman who will marry you and then leave with half of everything you have. Here in Maine, we have thousands of average men who have married very unattractive women who have done exactly the same thing.